Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast. Debut episode well and truly out of the way last week. Uh, thanks for all your positive comments and feedback and support. So we're back for a second helping here, uh, Liam O'Brien. Uh, hope you're keeping well. Mighty, mighty Mark. You know, a win is a win. And we, we got there in the end and crucial to need to kick on for the rest of the season as well, obviously, you know. Absolutely. So our focus, if you haven't uh, heard last week, is about Munster Rugby and we had a little preview of the Munster Rugby, Ulster Rugby game in Tolan Park um, last weekend. Liam, if it was <laughs> all situations considered, you'd been in the West uh, stand uh, roaring the lads on. Uh, but overall impressions of the game? Well, actually, Mark, firstly, I actually was. <laughs> I, got oh, well, last yeah. minute, I, got, I got a last minute ticket, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. All good stuff. So it was good to be there. No, it was good to be there. Um, and just in terms of overall impressions, I mean, look, uh, yeah. That, that kind of uh, sending off there in a the 15th minute actually helped us kick on a bit, definitely, in, in, in the remainder of that half. And Ulster just didn't come to the table at all in, in an attacking sense for the rest of the game, you could nearly say. And that was as, that was as much crucial as the, the Munster Young Guns, the, your Casey's and your Ahern's and your Coombs and all these guys. Obviously, Burn as well, but those guys like standing up for the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you there, Lima. I think it was a pretty precarious start. Um, but yeah, we'll probably go into it in a little bit more detail, but I probably need to start. Now, I was watching it here, well, I was actually watching it in Carlo, uh, in my in-laws, and uh, in Carlo, and to be honest, the pre-match commentary and preview was a bit spicy, to say the least. Um, I saw that, for, I saw Van Gran, yeah, the Van Gran yeah, yeah, like yeah. even the commentary of Peter Stringer and also Jamie Heaslip um, had a few kind of contributions in terms of Munster Rugby, where we're going, but if we had an indication in terms of backs against the wall, which we said last week in this podcast, I think the interviews of Peter Mahoney and Johan Van Gran to Murray Kinsler, who's top-notch analyst, really did speak volumes in terms of the importance, the significance of the game, and, you know, probably taking the criticism on board a little bit. It all was a bit spiky, I would say, uh, Liam. I don't know if you kind of saw any of that kind of... Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely didn't. I didn't see uh, Peter, Peter Mahoney's interview. I saw Johan van Grans, and then directly afterwards you had, you know, he slip, uh, not very happy at all with, with his responses. Like, And, uh, you know, I couldn't blame him. I mean, he was just, uh, didn't want to be there. That was the impression that van Gran gave in that interview, wasn't it? Yeah, indeed. Like, I mean, in fairness to Pete, you know, he fronted up, you know, to the cameras and again, you know, warm up injury for him kind of prevented him from participating. But thought he took a nice party line in terms of, you know, taking into account the previous performances, trying to right the wrongs. But Van Graan was thought very spiky uh, towards Murray Kinslow, which is a valid question in terms of the performance in Galway the week before. Yeah. And to come back with the retort that, look, we had only lost the previous weekend, so yeah. move on. It was, um, yeah, it was one way you could say, look, very determined, but the other way you could literally say, um, was it kind of a case of, you know, not really kind of caring that much, you know, maybe a bit of acknowledgement yeah. may have kind of helped the situation there because the reaction from the panelists straight after kind of really did fuel the flames a little bit for the 10 minutes before kickoff. But um, I suppose quickly aside the pregame, I suppose to start, I think Ulster video analysis wise first quarter it couldn't have gone much better for him could it Liam? Oh yeah, I mean I mean uh, perfect. That's twenty seven minutes from from Herring. Their 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 line out mall 
in that first half was extremely effective. And it nearly looked like they were going to, any time they had a line up all, they were going to they were going to score something off it, like, you know, be score either a try or, or get a penalty. Um, so, yeah, they, they did their homework, didn't they? They certainly did. I mean, we kind of helped in no small measure. I mean, straight off the kickoff, Kilcoyne missed time to tackle and Lowry gives a penalty in midfield, kicked deep, and then again, one of our a penalty not rolling away. And you could see Ulster's confidence, particularly front five on the mall. You know, they went straight for the line. I mean, I think the majority of their tries this season. I think they said it was a 19 out of 23 try so far being or scored in the mall. You could quite clearly see that. Um, I think with Mike Adamson, the officiating, I mean, I thought we'd stemmed the first initial mall drive. And you could hear him audibly saying, you know, use it. But then, again, there was a subsequent movement. And I don't know what you thought, Liam, in terms of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought, too. I thought we had actually stemmed it, like, myself. And uh, then, you know, get the ball out. Like, it's as simple as that, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. It, it seemed quite delayed, like, you know, in terms of asking Ulster, particularly in that instance. But, again, they got the drive going again and... Herring wasn't to be stopped and, you know, suddenly went 7-0 with uh, Billy Burns' conversion. And then, I suppose, let's talk about it. I mean, 14th minute, um, the kick, (laughs) the the, the run chase, and we had Simon Zeebel and uh, Jack Crowley. Crowley. Um, You know, it's a good run chase um, against uh, Lowry. And, yeah, I suppose the events afterwards, I think, was more intriguing than the actual incident itself, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was. But I mean, I mean, in terms of, well, Lowry is so small anyway, right? Even even during a game, there'd be times there, and he he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been high tackled, but he was just because of how small he is, right? But yeah, but in this instance anyway, I thought that um, when Crowley came in again, he didn't do Zebo any favors, but the 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 way he got your man uh, Lowry at a slant for when 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 Zebes came in, you know. And to be honest about it, like you could have been looking at probably two yellows, you know, in that in that instance. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, the the referee deliberating on on Zebo's red was just, oh, that was crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think for Zebo, Crowley being there probably did was kind of a factor. I mean, he, he doesn't he doesn't commit to a tackle here, does he? The the kind of shoulders are kind of fairly stationary and head to shoulder to me immediately it looked like a red card. Uh, but the way the referees are trying to mit- do that word mitigation Mitigating. on instances like this, I mean, letter to law indicated red. And I, I can see from a referee's perspective trying to look at from a player's viewpoint, but again, rules are the rules. I thought that yeah. was probably quite clear. And in fairness to TMO McInnese, having to kind of say to Adamson, have another angle, have another angle before you make a decision here. I think that's probably secret code for saying, consider your decision because, yeah. you know, it was a fairly kind of clear cut. But I think maybe Crowley as well went in a little bit high as well on an angle as well. It looked yeah. a little bit of a naive tactic really from Crowley. He did. Yeah, maybe. and Crowley again wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't particularly wrapped around as well. He pretty much was. Uh, shoulder in there as well, yeah. And but do you think that they, 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 you know, they couldn't have probably put two yellows, you know, given two yellows in that instance? Definitely not. I think they needed, you know, 
Siebel was identified straight away, wasn't he? As yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the main uh, the main protagonist here with Lowry. And fairness, Mike Lowry, how he bounces back from the two tackles, he bounces up immediately. <laughs> brings he's ball hard. Into he is. He, yeah, you know, you know, a strong boy, like you know, for uh, in that instance. But again, you know, I, I think the fact of the matter is Siebel. I think he's a red, and I think maybe Crowley's maybe a tad fortunate. Maybe ten minutes in Sinbin, I would have thought maybe if yeah. Well, I suppose the referee is trying to kind of balance it out. It's 40 minutes in an Interpro, uh, not trying to affect it too much, maybe, perhaps. Now, I'd say from an Ulster Rugby fan's perspective, you're probably thinking quite different here, that definitely there should have been another disciplinary action there on the other yeah, player. Yeah, it should have been another card, realistically, yeah, for, for Crowley. But, but again, it kind of set, you know, 7-0 up for Ulster at that stage, and you're kind of looking at it and you're saying they could really hammer home um, the advantage here. But yeah. I think all credit here has to go to Munster Rugby, as you say, Liam, at the start on the outset of the podcast. It did create a stir of reaction within the group, really, didn't it? I mean, led by yeah. Ty Byrne, who was phenomenal all the way through, but I thought everyone that was on the pitch really did put in a shift thereafter. Yeah, and I mean, uh, thereafter, as you said, Craig Casey certainly was 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 the scrum half on the pitch. Um, and as for like Tom Hearn, I, I thought he was crucial after the red car there from there like to, to half time that's when he had his crucial carries and which led indirectly to the the six points as well that we got indeed yeah yeah i mean tom Hearn, i thought finney Witchley, you know john hodnett coons in fairness to him man they all kind of stepped up massively i was really really impressed by tom Hearn. his work rate from when he was on was superb Again, we probably go down to it like we steadied the storm. Now, at this stage, Ulster had lost John Cooney to injury. And um, our scrum half that we raved about last week in our podcast, Nathan uh, Duck, uh, came on the pitch. I mean, didn't do a whole pile wrong. But once we started to kind of assert a little bit more dominance in terms of territory, ball possession-wise, Ulster seemed to be the team doing an awful lot of defensive tackling now for that second quarter. And camped on that Ulster line again, very a la Last weekend, was were you kind of copy. thinking the same as I was? Yeah, don't it was absolutely again, carbon you know? copy. I was thinking this is just back to, to square one again. And if we were in any way in attacking sense, had some creativity, we would have been over. Way, way before we were, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely for sure, yeah. There's that image of uh, Mike Haley out in the wing on his lonesome, essentially, with Lowry kind of in no man's land a little bit, kind of trying to defend inside. And trying to look at Haley on the that to me after 33 minutes was kind of you know, but at least we had the good sense to kind of say right after a few penalties, let's take our points. Let's take the points, yeah, yeah, we had to near that stage. You know, and and fairness to Munster, they did actually build pressure thereafter after that initial Jack Crowley or penalty uh, to make it seven three again. More pressure applied. Now Ulster, you could say, were guilty of not rolling away. Yeah, whereas sure. Adamson was very, very critical of Munster at the start for not rolling away. Uh, particularly had another opportunity straight after to uh, a nice, a nice kick by Crowley on forty minutes to make it seven six. But then, but then that was disaster. Then Sean French oh, again. Yeah. I know it probably was 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 his first start really in in um, and 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 failure just to get the ball away, get the ball off the park. Yeah, led to that penalty. I, I was wondering about that. Did anyone really communicate to Sean French that time is up here? Because mm, I know yeah, Adams yeah. said one more, one more kick. But yeah. 
really for Sean French, a case of get the ball, run it out into touch, but trying to maybe over impress a little bit and the case yeah, yeah, yeah. going into into the key action area, allowing Ulster to kind of build the phases and I would say we've gifted them. We've gifted them three points just before half time, which is a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, it's a kidder in, in the sense of like big big difference, you know, going in seven six and then going in thirteen six. Or sorry, ten should I say ten, ten six, yeah, yeah. Indeed, you know, it was kind of you know, and building those phases, the hard work that was put in, particularly from the pack, to kind of build some platform, get the points on the board and to have that fairly you know, evaporate within a matter of seconds is very disappointing now. I mean, Sean French's defence probably, if there's a little bit more coordination, communication within the side, that doesn't happen. But still, I think it's it stems from that poor kick. Um, you know, and in fairness to Ulster, continued to play ball in hand, got in, got in to our 22, get get the penalty, and yeah, then it broke confidently. That was a good kick. Oh, it was, it was a very good kick. So, I mean, 10-6 yeah. halftime for Ulster. I mean, I suppose considering what had gone on, I mean, Ulster probably happy, but thinking they may probably kick on in the second half. And Munster battling gamely, I would say, to kind of gain parity. I suppose we can get into the second half here, Liam, then. Uh, what were your impressions then? Uh, I mean... Well, uh, the, for, the first one that stood out in the second half was, uh, the, I suppose, the Tom O'Hearn steal at the line-out. I thought, was, I thought, in terms of the overall momentum of the game, that was quite crucial now. Massive, massive yeah, moment in the yeah. game. Just how the game had developed, it what turned into a bit of a kick fest. Uh, needless to say, I think Mike Haley was kind of sick of seeing balls coming towards him. And mm-hmm. um, But yeah, penalty given to by Mike Adamson to Ulster and kicks deep into Munster territory. That was in superb line-out steal. Because because I feel I feel Ulster again obviously would have went line out mall, gone for the try and that would have been curtains that stage. You gotta have to admire the. I you have to admire kind of the adventure of Tom Hearn in that instance. It would have been very easy just to go defensive, and defend that mall. But again, had the sense, uh, and you know to see where that ball was going to be. Um, distributed to. I thought it was incredible skill. I mean, I know there's a bit of support for him coming up, but I mean, the jump. <laughs> he's such a yeah. big, such a big frame of uh, of a lad. It's just it was yeah. And it I, was I, one of the highlights of the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he could definitely get it on television. That steal really did galvanise the crowd. You know, they were kind of uh, given uh, some feedback to Mike Adams and Sherrod. Yeah. yeah, but it did galvanise the crowd. You know, real positive positivity yeah. there and I yeah. think the side kind of drove on thereafter but yeah it was you know it was a great a great steal from Tom O'Hearn and again side kind of again was defensively game I mean making tackle after tackle the resilience I thought and the side throughout was outstanding and yeah what do you think of Fulster uh though Liam I suppose no, but I mean I mean yeah we're, we're talking about that now but I mean look Munster did put them put it up to them and and basically offensively were were pounding away for pretty much the entire second half, mm. you know. So, yeah, Ulster offered nothing, um, you know, kicks. That's all they offered, really, you know. Some, 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 some one or two kick chases, but really, yeah, quite poor, actually. Because, I mean, after, you know, the tit-for-tat, Nathan Doak um, put a nice long-range penalty over, 
making a 13-6. And I kind of felt from there on they looked to play Munster at kind of arm's length. Very much what we have, we'll hold. And I think the kicking, I'd say Vinny and Alistair from Ulster Rugby, and particularly Dan McFarlane, very aimless kicking, um, particularly towards the likes of Mike Haley, who fighting an awful lot of good touch finders for Munster Talley had a very strong game throughout uh, Mike Haley. But, you know, playing against 14 players, I thought there might be a little bit more ambition with Ulster, just given what we said last week, Liam, in terms of, you know, this would be a big scalp for Ulster Rugby to come down to Tolman Park, get a marquee result to propel them in the Irish Conference to top of the standings, getting into Europe in a good frame of mind. I think the second half performance really was very lacklustre in terms of the attacking intent that they had. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly was. Um, they didn't really show any any um, major ambition in their second half. And they have some really good like guys like Lowry. You can get him away. Wow. <laughs> uh, Hume as well was, was, you know, very quiet in that second half. And it's, there's been a lot of talk about him. Um, and look, Billy Burns, I mean... It, He's probably, you know, fifth or sixth choice, really, for, for Ireland at out half. He just doesn't have any sort of an uh, attacking game at all. Yeah, because I think Hume would have expected after the Zebo try to get a little bit more quick ball to himself. Uh, mocks him as well, but it never really materialised. I mean, the only key note you could say from Hume was when he drove uh, Gavin Coombs out over the touchline in the second half and the big kind of reaction yeah. from Hume, which is all well and good, but... You know, we're kind of expecting more from an attacking uh, style of play, really. But I suppose going into that last quarter, then, uh, Liam, I mean, uh, Karen Treadwell comes on. Um, yeah, yeah. Impact with the tip tackle. Shane, Shane Daly. Yeah. Yeah, Shane Daly comes on as well. And I mean, fairness to Shane, you know, he's always, his appetite for work is exquisite anyway, you know, and really did ask the question. But uh, what did you think of that Karen Treadwell uh, tackle? Yeah, look, um, I suppose it's it's hard not to have your own blinkers on as a Munster fan, but I I I thought that it was dangerous. Um, okay, your man didn't come down quite on his head, on his on his shoulders, and there it probably didn't help that Treadwell <laughs> accidentally probably landed on him as well, you know. Um, but yeah, like I I would say probably probably yellow card. Yeah, I think yeah. I think yeah, yellow card. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, tip, you know, it's the Tolman Park thing, you know, like we'll 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 look to roar, you know, when a contentious decision's happening. But I mean, again, tip tackle. I mean, I think it was the 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 impact of the of the hit for me was kind of more the concern, you know, whether that would kind of you know was a bit concerning at the time. I was hoping that Shane Daly would get up, and he did. So Treadwell gets his ten minutes in Simba, and I think again. That provided the cue to Munster to say this is our opportunity now to uh, really kind of launch an attacking ta- platform and really make it pay. And we and did. Start. Our first <laughs> major attack in the second half, you could say. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. funny, it? And I have to kind of comment on Rory Scannell as well, because I thought Scannell, particularly in the second half, he grew into the game. thought he linked play very well along with Crowley. And, you know, he, had, yeah, he had way more of an impact than, than, than Farrell. Farrell again, you know, a lot of dropping balls and yeah didn't didn't make the same the same yardage at all yeah yeah no you were there in Tom Park I'd say difficult conditions given the rain and the slippery slippy underfoot conditions but uh yeah 
Todd Scannell, you know, and Crowley as well. Like Crowley did have a few spills, particularly in the first half. I think being a little bit over anxious to impress. But the one thing about the guys were it was the resiliency again. I'll use that word time and time again. That uh, you know how they basically looked to continue to play the rugby um, attacking wise. And yeah. Scannell did link up play superbly well, and I thought the pack again, you know, yeah. some lovely drives until we kind of got to the Farrell carry. And in fairness to Crowley, he's the first one in at the breakdown. Was, yeah. It, it committing the body on the line. And uh, I have to say, Craig Casey, you know, there was a bit of flack in the media, I thought unfairly so, on mm. the Galway performance. Again, he's passed out to that Haley. Pass. That exceptional pass to Haley. Super. Um, you know, uh, and you know, it was kind of a similar pass to the one that he should have connected with Andrew Conway when Marmion intercepted. You know, you could have seen a player with a lack of confidence not take that on, but in fairness to Casey, saw the space out wide. They've made the adjustment, obviously, after the opening period when Haley was in a similar position, and I thought it was a great score. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was tremendous, and it just he does have the pass. He does have that game. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, he has as if in the past. Like there's, no, he has all the tricks, tricks in the toolbox, Craig Casey, you know, and and his kicking game, I thought Liam as well, second half. Really was pivotal, you know, real kind of real good touch finders for Munster just to, you know, alleviate that pressure because Ulster trying to build pressure, particularly in that third that, quarter. That, that's right. And, and and that's important, too, because, I mean, you, it, it wasn't a case that he was kicking and going directly down to Lowry or all these other dangerous lads and running the ball back like. So, yeah, I, I, I take your point there. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, so like it. I think, as the guy said in the panel uh, with Jackie Hurley before the game, these are really, these interpros are very much trial games for Andy Farrell to see who's in form. And as you said yourself, Liam, I think Craig Casey did come out on top. Now, in fairness to John Cooney, only had 18, 19 minutes to impress. You had Nathan Doak there as well, but definitely Craig Casey, all-round game. His defensive performance and also attacking was, particularly second half, I thought was you know, excellent as well and has done himself no. Yeah, and even, it's always funny when I see it, but he does, it was surprising the second half, the amount of ball he took on himself at times, you know? Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and and well done to him for doing that, like, he has that in him as well, like, yeah? Yeah, no, he kind of, he's very, I think, very intuitive, he knows what's around him, you know, when to take it into contact, give his pack a little bit more of a breather, you know, just to kind of regroup and stuff. And, you know, that was very evident as well, wasn't it? Particularly in the opening period as well, when we were kind of camped in yeah. that Ulster territory there before our opening, uh, con- our opening penalty from Jack Crowley. He did take ball into contact uh, one or two times. He did indeed, yeah. You know, you know, which was good. Asking questions of the Ulster defence as well, not much in terms of one out running here that people looking to support the ball carrier and I think Jack Crowley, or Jack Crowley, um, um, Jack O'Donoghue, basically person through two tackles yeah. there, was really kind of the... And that was like, you know, to me, that was like the one clear break in the game that we actually had. Yeah, line break, like, yeah. You know, it was a kind of a super line break, really. Kind of did ask the question again, and I don't know if you kind of felt it as well, Dean, that rock ball was getting more and more faster from a monster perspective, yeah. particularly in that last quarter, and an admirable effort given the red card and you know just the efforts to kind of get that for uh, Greg Casey and I mean camped on the Ulster line again and literally basically gets into contact ball say squirts out and yeah fair play to and Alex Cabellan um yeah it's like, like American football thing you know <laughs> Get the ball and dive over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very, you know, it was great skill from Alice Cadellan. 
uh, particularly, um, you know, to score um, under severe pressure as well. I think. Yeah, Jordan. that could easily, and you know, that's the, that's the, that's the sort of ball that could easily have been a knock on. Then, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know, and by this stage, uh, Jack Rowling um, had been replaced by Ben Healy, and Ben Healy um, had the regulation score. And now, while I was fumbling with my words there, Crowley had a tough kick from the sideline from Haley's try was unfortunate. Did. Yeah, you know, which is the, good. Effort. The, the, off the pause, so off the pause, do you know? Exactly, you know, it wasn't far off as well. And mm-hmm. uh, to be fair to Crowley, go back to Crowley as well. I thought he's, re- you know, if you're going to hear one key word from me, it's resilience. You know, he had a few early kind of blips. But yes. He grew into the game. He kind of didn't, you know, relinquish responsibility in the the half. And he had a few nice kicks himself, actually, in in the second yeah. half. Yeah, yeah, he certainly did. Particularly when we got very good go forward ball, you know, he was able to start string a few kind of attacking phases together as well. Now I think Rory Scannell as well was very impressive in terms of that as well, kind of linking up play very well. But I thought, you know, all in all for Crowley, it was a big baptism of fire interpro against a good Ulster team, and he'll learn from it and he'll get more opportunities, obviously. So um, with that, we were eighteen thirteen up, and uh, no, we haven't even mentioned Ty Byrne yet. Uh, oh yeah, how can you hold on to this recording? Yeah, uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, the guy was a man mountain all, all day, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's he he. It was a world class performance from a world class player, oh. and you know, as a six, he just there's, there's there's certainly hardly no no one in Europe to compare with him at this stage. His his influence on a game now is just uh, off the charts, is what I would say. The complete all-rounder, really, isn't he? I mean, complete specimen of a man, physicality. His speed as well, very underrated. And, you know, he has all the footballing ability. The breakdown work was just different level. Now, there was a decision that Adamson made, I think it was 10, 15 minutes into the second half, where he quite clearly wins a breakdown. But Adamson was in a poor position, can't really see the breakdown, and then gave the penalty to Ulster. But... Again, I think that was the prelude. He dominated the last 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. That, that know, second half, completely. You know, and unfairness to Ulster Rugby, they were kind of literally seeing all the time where Byrne was because in contact, they knew likelihood was that Byrne was going to be over that ball. And it was just it was just an exquisite performance. I thought the leadership boys, he led by example. And yes. again, the youngsters didn't have to be asked much to basically produce a performance of that ilk as well. Um, a guy that hasn't really been talked about, you know, since has been John Hottas. Uh, I thought he had a powerful game. Just yeah, he did. I mean, he, his stats are just off the charts. You know, uh, 16, 16 tackles made for Hodnett. That's seriously impre- impressive stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, when we mentioned last week about Rook area, um, I thought it was a bit more tidy. And I think purely because Hodnett is there, he's such a good technician. In the yeah. breakdown area, you know, he really does his job so well, but his tackling technique is outstanding as well. You know, it was just like tackling for a move and there, he just literally stopped him in his tracks. I mean, it was just, you know, when you have that, Gavin Coombs as well, just, yeah. you know, all the young it's guys. Gavin Coombs' the stats three. are just off the, we're off the charts for that game, actually, you know. Gavin Coombs, we have him there, seven passes and uh, 27 runs, 11 tackles and... A huge number of metres made, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because he took an awful lot of possession, Gavin Combs, 
particularly in scrums and particularly deep in his own half, you know, he was relentless in terms of, you know, there was two or three Ulster. I suppose that's the height of respect for Gavin Combs now, isn't it? Coombs yeah. now, it's the case of two or three Ulster rugby guys. Are he, he, got, he got no ball, easy ball in that game. Like, he literally, like, that that he could run run on to easily and gain, gain a huge meters. Like, everything was, like, inches, like, yeah. Exactly, you know, and it was a blood and thunder interprovincial here, uh, Liam, uh, you know, typical of these two fine sides, you know, there was no quarter given. Um, but Munster saw the game relatively fine. I mean, again, that man burn at the breakdown wins another turnover ball, and uh, you know we controlled it until the end, which was. I, think <laughs> it, I don't know if you think about it. Yeah, it, it, it seemed all nice, but and um, actually, again, we kind of kind of blew it there. I think it's seventy seventh or seventy eight minutes, maybe it might have been. Yeah, seventy seventy seventh minute, where we decide to kick the ball away again. Oh. <laughs> I, I kind oh, of completely scrum forgot half, that moment. From scrum half, like I was just shouting, "Oh, don't kick it!" I, I tried to forget that in the memory bank, Liam. I was yeah, kind of like, yeah. oh, "I won't bring it up," but yeah, you're spot on. I was like, "Oh, really? Did we have to kind of do that again?" But again, it was going to be a big ask for Ulster to kind of go deep in their own territory, and again, you know, Byrne was just you know exquisite again. He picked his moment perfectly, um, you know, and. Uh, at that stage, we our bench had cleared at that stage, and everyone to a man, you know, Josh Bishardy came on, John Ryan, Alex Cadellan, Jack O'Donoghue, Neil Cronin, Ben Healy, Shane Daly, I mean, Derek Barron. Yeah. And all they, they all made contributions, didn't they? Well, you know, they certainly did. Shane Daly reiterated his his uh, his uh, performance, and Jack O'Donoghue made a huge number of metres when he came on. Oh, absolutely, you know, and he was pivotal for that second try. It was really the workman... It was a workmanlike performance. Now we can kind of, kind of ridicule in terms of all the attacking with stuff like that. But again, we have to be conscious of the fact that after 14, 14. 14 players, and you have to yep, have yep. conditions here as well. So I think it was just the, how workmanlike the guys were. That you know the unity in the camp, to, you know the sheer bloody mindedness to get a result because it looked fairly ominous after 14 minutes, seven 0 down. Ulster having a good kind of pack exchange, and I think it says everything about the squad, the unity in the squad here to kind of get a result. And, you know, you could see the reaction at full time, you know, you know, the, the celebrations, the roars of approval. It really was a pivotal win here, Liam, considering the Irish province, URC, if the format continues to be the same. These home interprovincials are worth more than the four points, really, aren't they, really? Yeah, yeah. Considering what may happen in in the rest of the season, the South African teams maybe not being able to travel or and, and we obviously not be able to travel there. So, yeah. These these games could almost double up points wise, you know, by the end of the season. Um, but, but certainly, yeah, it, it, the game showed to me the unity the team have with each other. That's for sure. Whatever about with the the actual coaches, that's a different story. But yeah, it was uh, it was really joyous uh, celebrations at the end of that game. Exactly. Uh, I think I think the relevance of the fixture. You can see from the pre-game, the pre-game notes from Peter Amani and particularly Johan van Graan, there was a, very much an edginess to those interviews and you could see the importance of getting a result, getting on the front foot again for a key kind of European kind of weekend, starting with uh, cast on this Friday night coming. But again, it was a key to kind of get back on track here. I think a, a loss here would have been absolutely disaster for the season. More negative talk particularly on the general media about Munster, where the direction is. 
maybe we can just knuckle down now for the next few weeks, you know, and just to see how the season plays out. I mean, you know, we'll see, you know, come February, March where things go. But I think for now, and hopefully we can get a good European kind of campaign in the next two weeks as well, just to build that little bit of momentum here to see where we go to. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, if we just think of the next two weeks, it's it's not the worst, you know. I mean, we have cast on a, a Friday night and then we have uh, Wasps as well. So it's it, they're not the worst fixtures. And when if they were out of the way then, you're talking about you're at the end of uh, your end of January and hopefully crowds back then for 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 from February onwards. And it, it could very well happen. All right. As well, you know. 